Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It's 1234 at Edmonton. This is Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer with you. You can text us on our Westlock 4 text line at 630-630. I don't know if the official title still is Chief Commercial Officer, but uh, one of the guys that seemingly has his pulse on everything to do sort of on the business side of the Oilers organization. And we did have Bob Nicholson on the show on Monday, sort of a, a global 30,000 feet view of the hockey team and then what uh, the Oilers were going to work on moving forward, including all-star games and uh, potentially world uh, junior championships maybe in two years from now, 2021. Of course, we had the uh, gretzky Holinka Cup or the Holinka gretzky Cup. 2018, 2020, 2022 at Rogers Place. But Stu McDonald is a central figure and has been for the Oilers for um, the better part of the last three decades, um, albeit a little bit of time spent working for Craig Button uh, out in uh, St. John's with the Flames organization. Stu, we welcome you back to the uh, studio. How are you doing? I'm great, Bob. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, maybe explain to the listeners... What exactly do you do? Like, uh, because I think that when when somebody says you know chief commercial officer, people want to know what that is. Yeah, I, I, my role really is overseeing uh, a lot of the the revenue area. So we like to we bring it in, we hand it over to our hockey people. They spend it. And they say we need more, and we start the cycle all over again, uh, all leading to one thing, which is uh, playoffs and Stanley Cups, obviously, and, and a very happy fan base. So, but, but my role, I oversee um, from an Oilers perspective, our ticket sales, our premium seating sales, uh, our sponsorship team, uh, and then also in, in kind of portfolio currently oversee Oil Kings business operations and uh, business operations in Bakersfield with our Condors franchise. Okay. Uh, you mentioned, you know, you sort of jokingly said, we, we, I go and bring in the money and then the, the hockey operation uh, spends it. Uh, I, I'm, I personally live the ups and downs of this team during the course of the season. So obviously a year ago at this time, we were having a very different feeling than we are right now. Do you feel it uh, in a year in which the team... There's no other way to say it. They underperformed. They did not reach what people... I mean, there were people that had the Oilers as the Western Conference favorite at the start of the year. They didn't even make the playoffs. So how many... Not that you have to put out a bunch of fires, but you have these conversations with your various stakeholders, be it uh, on the sponsorship side or uh, suite side or you know season seat holder. Do you, do you feel that kind of wrath when the team has the type of year like they had? 
Yeah, I think one of the things for sure we're you know we're all fans, right? And and we all want to see the team do. We're all invested emotionally. And I had people talk a lot about their financial investment in in tickets. And no question, no matter where you are in pro sports today, you're making a significant investment. Here we have a lot of individuals versus corporations purchasing the seat, so it's you know that uh, resonates even more. But the reality is, it's the emotional investment we make and our fans make in the front. That that's where that's where you really bleed and when the team doesn't meet expectations here or any other club it's it's not necessarily as, as much as ticket prices or whatever else is kind of pushed to the top it's really the hurt from an emotional standpoint of hey i've invested this and and certainly you know we we had a terrific year two years ago and and that really is a goal to continue to reward the investment that our fans are making inside and outside the building um but one of the areas i see it you and i've talked about this a bit over the last couple of months but i I hear a lot um you know just just talking to oilers fans on man the schedule's tough the first month or two of the season this year and you know we obviously want to get out of the gate uh strong and it's funny I, i look at it and said but if this was this exact same schedule this time last year, your frame of mind coming out a couple of rounds of playoffs when we're playing these exact same teams, same dates, we'd be looking at it and go like, man, this is a pretty good schedule to start the season. So, so much of it is, you know, we're coming off a down season. There's no question. You know, we, we didn't meet, I don't think, anyone's expectations. Um, but, uh, you know, the great thing is that dial gets reset in the summertime and uh, you got a clean slate and we're all optimistic where we're going this year. But I, I think that's a bit of the thing that we're all dealing with is, you know, we had a few years that we, we lived through this and it was, you know, a couple of years when we, we'd back in, you know, 2010 or 2012 or 2015 when you think, hey, we're almost there and you kind of get teased a little bit and then the rug gets pulled out from underneath. Those are the ones that really are the challenges to kind of emotionally regroup because, as I said, money is certainly, an investment is certainly a a big piece of this, but really it's that emotional investment of, of, you know, saying, hey, I'm an Oilers fan, right? I want everyone to know I'm an Oilers fan and and that's where we really try to, you know, to keep our finger on the pulse of where is that in the fan base versus, you know, something that may be a little bit more trackable. How's the economy, right? How's unemployment in the marketplace? those types of things. Stu McDonald joining us from the Oilers organization. Bob Stoffer with you in Oilers now. It's interesting, right, because people said, well, you know, the 2016-17 season was the anomaly. And, you know, they've been a, a bad team for, you know, rebuilding team for all these years. And my response to that is, from my perspective, the rebuild really did not start until the back half of the 2009-2010 season because... And I used to, and you know this, because we used to have conversations when I was on the other station before I ever worked for the club. Yep. I was the guy saying, no, you have to, this, this is sort of what Vancouver's going through right now. You have to fully commit to rebuilding. And, you know, coming on the heels of the Stanley Cup playoff run in 06, there wasn't an appetite in 06 or 07, despite the Chris Pronger scenario, to rebuild at that stage. And the fact of the matter is in 07, 08, and 08, 09, the team was in a playoff, you know, playoff battle until the final two weeks of the regular season. Then in nine ten, the reality kicked in, and uh, so there have been. And where I'm going with this is there have been some t- really tough years. Yeah, absolutely. and and you know what, the orders are lucky, and the organization's lucky because. They do have an incredible fan. When you, you know, Greg Sherman, who you know, is a former GM of yep. the Colorado Avalanche. I had him on on the show, and this was, uh, I think it was in the Yakupov year, twelve thirteen, and uh, I had him on the show during the day, and then he came into the booth during the pregame show, and he's like, "You're going to be sold out tonight, aren't you?" And I'm like, "Yep." 
He goes, Bob, we can't get 7,000 people in our building or 8,000 people. And they end up drafting McKinnon in 2013. Like, we are struggling. And you're, you know, you guys are sitting. And it just, it shows you the, but of course, in Denver, they got the Broncos. And they got the Rockies. And they got the Nuggets, who the family owns the the hockey team in the basketball. But in Edmonton, and so with that passion for the team, you get both ends, both good and bad. So you got to be able to take it, even because the fact of the matter is, you know, the fans have kept the coffers full for the most part. Uh, they uh, they have the opportunity to express their frustration any day, all day, uh, as much as they want. Hopefully, we flip that to expressing the elation of success on the ice. Um, but no fan base deserves to have their voice heard more than ours. And I know every team's, hey, we've got the best fans, we've got the best fans. But I will put up. Uh, Oilers fans over the last decade plus against any fan base anywhere in the world for their passion to keep that team going in their market, to believe that, hey, if if there is a plan and we have reason to uh, to have faith in the organization and hope that we're going to have success and we have uh, an outlook for the future that we believe in, they are always there. Um, and that doesn't mean that that has been rewarded every year. There's certainly lots of stumbles along the way. Um, but I, I'm not aware of any fan base um, that would be as passionate. And you can even argue just this year. There, there's teams in the NHL, had they been in the playoffs for 10 straight years and missed, they start losing fans. You right. Know? And here... Well, that's what's going to happen in San Jose. You know, there's going to come a point where that team gets too old. And I will make a prediction that when that occurs, and I have a healthy amount of respect for the work that Doug Wilson does, but eventually, you know, all their best players are in their 30s right now. Eventually, they will get too old, and they've traded away a ton of first and second round draft choices. And I'm going to be really intrigued to see if they can sustain, you know, because it's not even the same experience now that it was four years ago when you went into San Jose. Yeah, that's where there's so many dynamics in, in your local market with your team. And, and really, you know, what matters is do... do are you going to be good this year? Are you going to be competitive this year? Uh, and is our outlook for the future strong? Do we believe we have a chance to win somewhere down the road, no matter what market you're in? I mean, ultimately, that drives fans. And I would just say our our fans, this the team is so important to them, uh, which is a wonderful place to be in as an Edmontonian um, who likes hockey, um, that that they've allowed this team to continue on to get to the point we, you know, we will find the right way where we will reward them. Uh, and I believe, as a fan, I believe that's sooner rather than later. Um, and I, I believe a lot of our fans feel the same way. Stu McDonald joining us in studio. Just to illustrate the, the passion for the fan base and the consistency, look no further than the show. The numbers on this show in terms of the average daily listenership in the spring of 2017 and the spring of 2018 are the same. And everybody was sky high with the Oilers going into the second round of the playoffs in 2017. And the team was out of it by the spring in 2018. And yet we had the same consistency. Now we work on our product and try to ensure that we have the best guests possible. And we're going to continue to work to try to improve uh, and get more impactful guests to Oilers now on a daily basis. But I think that shows you the sort of... You know, cons- they have, you know, this, this passion's at such a unique level that there's perhaps your best point, you know, your best case right there. Because this is after the trade deadline when these number, you know, when we when we did these numbers, uh, you know, from a year to a year. So that's a pretty interesting dynamic there. Yeah, and I think you know, it's a great example of in in our industry, in the sports industry, like it's not. 
people, fans being critical of your product that you're concerned about, it's fans having no opinion and not interested in talking to your product. And that's right. what you're concerned about. You know, hey, underachieving and being frustrated uh, and you want to express your frustration, that means you're you invested care. and you want to be good in the future. Dialing out, that's the concern that every franchise has. And Our, that shows up, you know, that shows up in radio, television uh, numbers, it shows up in arenas. Uh, and I said, and we've been fortunate that through some challenging years that our fans have expressed their frustration, but they've certainly hung in as Oilers fans. It's 12.45 at Edmonton. Bob Stoffer with Stu McDonald from the Oilers Entertainment Group. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, harnessing the power of Rogers Place and some changes that uh, the patrons... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline might see this year when they come down to the building starting in the fall for Oilers or Oil Kings uh, here on Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. 12.47 in Edmonton. Some guests in Oilers Now receive guest certificates to Roos Chris Stakos. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Stakos 99.90 Jasper Avenue. Reminder every Wednesday night is date night at Roos Chris. Go down and see Rebecca and the staff at Roos Chris. Roos Chris, it's the greatest steak you've ever had. All right, to uh, our West Lock Ford text line. And the first one, uh, we've got Stu McDonald in the studio. Uh, we'll get to sort of maybe some changes we might see in Roger's place this year. And, but uh, here we go. Kelly has texted the show, and Kelly says this. Bob, serious question. As a season seat holder, I feel like the relationship with the orders is all give and no take. Prices on everything are high, and they go up every year, despite minimal improvements on the ice. My disappointment peaked last year when I was taking the game as a guest and didn't have my season seat cards with me. There was a poster giveaway at a table close to Ford Hall. I wanted one for my son, and because I didn't have proof of the seats, I wasn't allowed to take one. After all the money I spent, it was very disappointing, especially after going uh, to Boston wearing an Oilers jersey and the same situation happened, only they gave me two posters and thanked me for coming. I'm wondering if there's any plans to change the perception of the Oilers being a greedy organization that doesn't provide much to their fans. Also, I have many expa- uh, examples above the ones that I used. Uh, take care and make the playoffs this year. That one comes to us from Kelly. So I'm, I'm hit you with the fastball right, uh, right, right off the get go here. Yeah. No. Thanks. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'll maybe deal uh, specifically on the the poster pickup. So it wasn't um, the here's posters given out to everyone in the building that night it's uh these were for season seat holders one of our kind of the the amenities that we've got for them during the course of the year and we have uh ability to pick up at our office or the box office or in game i didn't even know you guys do this so. yeah and it, we've done it for years and years I, th- I think actually i think the first we've done these lithographs i think going back to about 1997 i think cujo was the first one we had so we've had okay. them throughout the years um and try to get it as convenient as possible but obviously there's a lot of fans that's public and maybe that's one of our, our challenges we made it too public that people coming up saying hey can I grab one of these but they are uh, an amenity within the season seat holder package and just need some proof that that is the season seat account holder before letting them go because it's a limited edition run on okay. them um, anyways the, the point taken though that hey the, the bottom line is 
there isn't any area that us or any organization can improve on. And one of the most important pieces for us is feedback from our fans. And, and I, I don't say that, you know, lightly or dismissively that you know, we spend a fair bit of time uh, during the course of the year with uh, formal research uh, with our season seat holders and uh, our individual game buyers. Uh, and certainly casually outside of that are always soliciting for like this, do, like this show yeah absolutely like you reach out once a month what's you know what's the feedback like what's it so you mentioned the season seed holders because I know I've been you know I've been sort of I don't know emceeing them or whatever but I've done a few of them over the years how, how many full season seed holders d- d- does the organization roughly have we're uh, still kind of capped just above the 15,000 mark. Um, okay. Which is, and then we've got, outside of that, we have uh, a couple of thousand seat in our, our premium seat licenses. So the, the vast majority of the building is season seat holders in it, uh, registered seats. And obviously those are shared. A right. high percentage of our season seat holders share their seats with one, two, three, four, five other parties. Uh, that's the, the nature of this market, and it's one of the things that's helped keep the team strong. All right. So you, you, but where I'm going with this is you do events for those like are we talking there's 7,000 different accounts or 8,000 different accounts and then you invite like 2,500 or 2,700 of these people down uh, for a series of events sometimes with Bob Nicholson sometimes uh, with uh, well this past couple of years with Peter Shirelli this is something you do every couple of years yeah right? we, and we, the one thing we know with just that volume is a good point there's you know the six seven thousand account holders um, representing those seats there's not a lot of points we can get all of them in for the same experience right. now we do have that occasionally you know we've we've got a couple of season seat holder days during the course of the year that they're all invited to um, but we also try to reach out and and to encourage two-way feedback to get to smaller groups so we'll hold breakfast and lunches as you said at bob or peter would be at uh kind of state of the union at different times in the year uh, we, we certainly do them in springtime. You know, once we've gone through, we get a sense, are we going into the playoffs, are we not? What's the temperature of the fan base? Um, what are the key messages that are coming back to us? A, a lot of it certainly is hockey talk, on ice talk. Yes. But there's a lot that we try to focus on where can we get better off the ice. And, and that's what he's kind of referring to here. Yeah. He's saying it's give, give, give. And, I mean, you'd be the first to admit the fact is that the Ticket, the tickets went up. The price for the tickets went up once we went into the new building. The price for the suites went up in the new building. Uh, that so you're not surprised that 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 feedback is back there. No, and there. I think that's a couple of things. One is you know we knew. I'll, I'll say philosophically one thing that's because uh, ticket price is obviously a, 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 always a hot topic no matter where it is. But our, our philosophy as an organization has always been go up a little bit every year you know player salaries are going up salary caps going up the consumer price index going up cost of livings up go up a little bit every year rather than hold back if you have an underachieving year and really jam it if you have a year that you're you know you've got a three or four round playoff run and, and some teams take that philosophy um, but you're at the risk then and it's happened to a couple of teams near us in the past where they froze prices for four or five years and so weren't making the playoffs and then the year they did they realized they had to go up 20 percent and at that point the fan base is saying that's just not acceptable like for you know one year back in the playoffs so we, we've tried to maintain that and then obviously two years ago moving into Rogers Place. There was, was a, a bump. It was a once in a lifetime. Uh, there's no question. You know, we the the environment was significantly different. The seating products were significantly different. And, and sure, you could say, hey, this seat five rows from the ice in this corner is about the same as Rexall Place. But 
the amenities of the entire building were significantly different and we tried to spread the the pricing high and low across to give a, a much wider range of ticket prices coming into the building but no question the average ticket price is higher in Rogers Place than it would have been in Rexall Place as a cost of putting that building up. How, how many different ticket prices do you have in, in Rogers? Like, was it 37 or 38 different? Yeah. And how many different ones did you have in Rexall? Uh, I think we had eight there. All right. So, so just trying to spread in some higher for sure, but some lower to say we, we, we want to make sure people have a chance to get in. Um, you know, there is a there is a price for NHL hockey, an entry level price point, but we want to make sure it's as accessible as possible in All this right. marketplace. All right. So is there. I mean, I've already got a bunch of texts, you know, people saying, I can't, you know, family of four can't afford to go uh, to like, because not every, now you sell each game in terms of the ticket package. There's no, like I know in Vegas, there's fluctuations in terms of like Edmonton, games for Edmonton go for way more than games for Carolina. That is how Vegas has got their business model going, right? Yeah, and we've had that for a couple of years here. Uh, so we variably price, we've probably got. These are just the leftover tickets that you variable, or or is that for the Correct. season? Not uh, for the not for the season seat holders. No, so season seat holders have got their That's fixed a f- price blended across the entire season. It's a it's a one price for them, um, but for the others, for sure, uh, most of the teams. The technology is so available to it now um, that on premium games are going to be high demand. Um, the you take advantage of trying to match close to what the market is for that. Certainly, um, there's going to be seats that are sold above that in the marketplace. So. Like and when Toronto comes to town, yeah. that's a pre- that's a premium yeah. game, right? Yeah. So sure. what happens when Carolina's here, or uh, Columbus well, on a Tuesday night, as uh, an example? Yeah. The uh, so if, if Carolina or Columbus here on a Saturday night, that's probably a different price than if Carolina or Columbus here on a Tuesday night, because the night of the week also comes into play on this time of year, night of week, opponent, uh, where the opponent is in the season, and and it used to be that price would be set in the industry, uh, including the concert industry you know, in the summertime and you're locked in for the year. Technology now allows that to, to ebb and flow a little bit during the course of the year that uh, if, a, if a game is running hotter. Now with us, we have a limited amount of individual game tickets, but if, if you happen to be in a market that's got five or 6,000 and a game turns, a trade gets made and all of a sudden a star player is on a team that's coming in, they've got the ability to change that price point. Conversely, that you know, if a team is struggling and they need to match what the market is out there, and and that that's one of the big changes with the secondary market becoming um, much more prevalent in North America, uh, where it really tells you that that's not what they're posted at, but what they're selling at gives you a sense of where the market is for a specific product, concert, or hockey game at that specific time. Stu McDonald is joining us in studio. It's twelve fifty-six Edmonton. You can text us at six thirty six thirty. We'll get to more uh, text coming up after. A 6.30 Chad news weather traffic update, global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Uh, we're also going to hit on the building and the ongoing efforts to improve the customer experience, not just for weather games and Oil King games, but for concerts as well. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad.